Well, I've already had one request for a short service tonight, and so I'm going to do my best to honor that uh, because I do want us to have a good time of fellowship and not uh, have anyone feel rushed. But tonight I want us to think about something. I'm sure that at some point in the past I have mentioned this, but I, I want us to think about this truth that it's not uncommon for people to find themselves in financial need at some point in their lives. It may not be you right now, but maybe at some point in the past you could say we had hit a hard time financially, and it may be that there's a day in our future where we would have to give testimony to the fact that, wow, life is hard for us right now financially. All right, so that's just a, a truth. That's something that all of us can identify with, that uh, as we have gone through life, we've probably had some financial lows. We've maybe had some financial struggles, and it is possible that that could be something in our future dependent upon certain circumstances. Now, that being said, it's not uncommon. Maybe it is uncommon for you, but it's not uncommon for some people when they find themselves in financial need to ask assistance or to ask aid from someone else. You know that, right? I've mentioned in sermons past, I know, and I've mentioned in general conversations with people that it's not uncommon for the church to receive phone calls from people wanting help with their rent or their utilities or grocery money, whatever it may be. So it's not like I'm exaggerating this. It's not as though I'm making this up to suggest that there are people who ask others for aid in times of financial need. But as you understand that, you also understand this, that no matter the person, no matter the situation, there is always, always, always a context to that person's need. Does that make sense? There's always a context to that person finding themselves in need. And, and so, as a pastor who has been on the other end of the phone uh, many times in a situation like this, I, I've asked the people, so what's the situation? What's kind of brought you to this point that you would be calling us, asking us for assistance? Because, see, here's the thing. Before I'm going to entertain the idea of giving money away, I want to know the context. And so there are times that you hear stories and, and, and you hear the, the context being given and, and you find out that there are some people who have had some difficult situations. They've, they found themselves in some unpredictable circumstances and, and this happened and this happened and this happened and it was out of their control. It was out of their realm of authority. And so as a result of all these things happening that could not be controlled by them, you say every once in a while, that is a legitimate need and we'll try to help and we'll try to minister at this time in your life. But sometimes you can't help but notice this, that as the context is given, uh, there's a good reason why they're in the position they're in, and it's because of poor decisions of their own making that they had complete control over. You, under, you understand this? Let's not be too drab tonight, all right? Sometimes people find themselves in the situation they're in because they have worked hard to get into that situation, all right? And, and so as you talk to them, you find out this is going on, and they did this, and they did this, and they quit this, and, and they bought this, and whatever it may be. And, and I know that there are people 
who, as I've said before, there are people who are very good at giving away other people's money. You know, the church ought to help them. No, the church ought not help them because, again, they have worked to get themselves into that position. And, and so the bleeding heart would say, well, you ought to help them. You ought to buy their groceries. You ought to put fuel in their car, whatever it may be. And, and I guess I'm somewhat callous to the stories at this point, but there are just plenty of times I say, I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to help you. That's not what we're here for. Because truth be told, that's not what we're here for to pay everyone else's bills. So you understand this, and I think many of you appreciate that I don't just write blank checks to whoever shows up saying they've got a financial need. And so you understand this, but I want us to take this thought tonight, and I want us to begin applying it from a spiritual perspective, all right? There's a principle in this that I want us to think about, that I want us to be aware of. So tonight I want us to begin looking in verse number 19. Verse number 19, here's what the writer says, But I beseech you, or I beg of you, I am imploring of you, the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. So we don't understand everything that's going on. We don't understand the context completely. But here is what the writer says, that he has a desire to be restored unto them, his audience, the sooner. So sooner rather than later, he wants to be restored. Now, it sounds to me almost a little bit, like the writer is being detained from being able to be restored unto the ones he wants to be with. Because he is saying that I may be restored to you sooner, again implied, rather than later. Now as you look in the middle part of verse number 18, notice this. He said, For we trust we have a good conscience in all things willing to live honestly. We trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing or desiring to live honestly. So what does it mean to live honestly? It means this, to live upright. So he says, we trust or we believe that we have a good conscience. Our conscience is clear in all things based upon our desire to live or to conduct or to handle ourselves in an upright manner. You understand the idea of this, right? Have you ever been involved in a situation where you've had to do some things and as a result of what you had to do, you could honestly say this, I have a clear conscience before God that I did what I was supposed to do in that situation? You've been there, right? I can say with a clear conscience that what I said needed to be said. With a clear conscience before God, I can say that I did what I was supposed to do. Whatever it may be, here's what the writer says, that he trusts, that he believes, that he is confident of this, that with a good conscience in everything that he has done, he has tried and he has striven to live right or to live honestly before those that he would have contact with. Now, the writer is not suggesting for a moment that they have been perfect. He's not saying, man, I do everything right and you couldn't find a person more impeccable than myself. He's not suggesting that he doesn't make mistakes, but he is saying this, it has been my effort and it has been my desire to do right in every situation of life. Now, a clear conscience is an important thing, isn't it? It certainly is. 
If you're not sure, just remember the times you've had a guilty conscience and you remember, I like a clear conscience over a guilty conscience much, much more. Uh, A clear conscience is a wonderful thing because here's what you can do. You can look somebody in the eye and you can say, listen, I don't know what they're saying. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know what they're doing. Listen, I know that what I did was the right thing in that situation. And a clear conscience is important and it is valuable so that when you look in the mirror, you don't have to lie to yourself and tell yourself that you're a good person when in your heart of hearts you know you're not. A clear conscience is a valuable, important thing to be able to say, I have tried to do what I know is right. So that being said, I want to change gears just a little bit. I think most of us know that at some point in a person's life, they are going to experience needs not just financially, but needs of a different sort, correct? It, yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. You say, well, I don't know exactly what you're talking about tonight, Pastor, so, so let me just share with you for a minute what some of those needs may be. Some of those needs may be of an emotional nature, right? Somebody's struggling with discouragement, maybe somebody's struggling with, with anger, somebody's struggling with some other kind of emotion, and they find themselves in some kind of emotional need. They need to be encouraged, they need to be happier, they need to be uh, just enjoying life more, whatever it may be. They are in emotional need. It may be that they find themselves in some kind of a family need. There's something going on in the family with family members, whatever it may be, and they would say there is a need here and, and, and this is what is present and this is what, it's ta- what is taking place. They might have a need at work. Something might be going on at the workplace and something might be happening and, and things are transpiring and because of everything that's shifting and moving and, and, and what's going on, they would say, well, I need this to happen. You understand there are a lot of different needs out there. Amen. So that being true, what is something that you and I hear on somewhat of a regular basis as a result or in relation to the needs of other people? Well, we hear things like this. Would you please pray for? Right? Would you please pray for this particular need in my life? I'm really going through some things right now, and and I'm just really struggling right now with my emotions. I'm discouraged. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I'm dealing with bitterness. I'm dealing with all these different things. Would you please pray with me? Let's listen now. Would you please pray with me in relation to this emotional need? That's what people might say. Somebody might say, listen, uh, uh, I've got a need with my family. These are things that are going on with my spouse or with my children or my parents, my siblings, whatever it may be. And as a result of the need, they say, well, would you pray for me? Okay. Things are really changing at work and things are shifting and things aren't good at work. Would you please pray for me? We hear that somewhat often. So that being said, I I want to remind us of something, that regardless of the nature of the need, there is always a context to that need being present in that person's life. 
Now, this is important, all right? See, sometimes a person finds themselves in emotional need not because of any fault of their own. This is happening and this is taking place and this is struck by way of tragedy. I mean, I can't help but think of what happened today again in South Texas and, and all the lives that were lost. There are people who have found themselves in an emotional situation where they are in need and that is a part of the context where you could say to them, hey, listen, I have no problems praying for you about that. And somebody may say, hey, listen, I, I'm here in this family situation and it's because of this person and this person and this person or the work situation. Sometimes as the context unfolds and you begin to hear the details that have created this particular need, you say to yourself, man, that's a valid need. That is a legitimate need and I am going to pray for that. I may not know all the people involved, I may not know all the details, but from everything that I can gather, that is a legitimate need, and that is a, a genuine need, and that is something that is worthy of me praying, asking the Lord to help, asking the Lord to bless, asking the Lord to provide, whatever the situation may be. But there are times, if we are honest, we hear people say things like this, well, would you please pray? Right? And you say, okay, well, what's going on? Well, and they began to tell you the whole story, and what do you find out? Well, you find out the person's not living for the Lord whatsoever. You find the person's been abusing themselves for a very long time. You find that they've had no real heart for the Lord. You find that some of the problems created in the family are because of the statements they've made or some of the actions that they have performed. You, you find that some of the turmoil at work is based upon what the individual has done for themselves or done themselves, and it wasn't all the other person's fault. Sometimes when you hear the context of things, you realize that the person has created much of the storm that they're now in. And yet, what do they want? They want you to pray for them. And what do they want you to do? They want you, along with everyone else that they can try to gather together, they want you to try to pray them out of the bind they've put themselves in. Now, I know that there would be some, and I don't think it would be you, but there would be some who might hear me say this, and they might be bothered by this, but there are just certain times I hear certain people ask for certain prayer requests, and you know what I say to myself? I'm not going to bother. I'm just uh, I'm not going to bother. At least not in the way in which you're asking me to pray for this reason. That's not the greatest problem right now. The problem that you are facing is because of your own mistakes, because of your own poor decisions, because of your own lack of spiritual discernment that would have kept you from getting into this mess before you got here. And so there are times that I've just thought to myself, you know, I've got other things to pray for. 
I'm not really going to concern myself with this, even though they've asked me to do this. Now, that sounds terrible, it sounds harsh, but it's just the reality of life. There are a lot of things out there to pray for, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time praying people out of situations they've got themselves into unless there is some kind of a repentant attitude and a repentant spirit that says, you know what, I totally messed this up, I totally fouled it up, and I'm trying to make things right. Would you pray with me that I'll make the right decisions from this step forward and do what I'm supposed to be doing? Listen, if the person's context lets you know that they've not handled things correctly, then it's not really something that a believer has to get all excited about and start praying for because the person doesn't really want to change anything. They just want their problems fixed so that they can continue on down the road. Now, somebody may say, well, what is the basis for all this? Well, notice in verse number 18. This is important, all right? He did say, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. But I beseech you the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner, but in verse number 18, here's how he began the thought. He said this, pray for us. What does it mean whenever he says, please pray for us? Well, it means this, I'm asking you to go to God, and I'm asking you to ask God to do this. Well, to do what? To beseech the Father that we might be able to be restored to you the sooner. But here's what he does before he even gives them the request. As he says, please pray for us. He says, I want you to know that our conscience is clear. By way of context, we've done everything that we know we're supposed to do. We've done everything we know to do to live uprightly or to live honestly before people. Listen, as best we can tell, we know we're not perfect, but we're not the ones who have brought this on ourselves. So please pray for us that God would grant these desires, that God would grant these prayers of ours with the understanding that we are not the ones who have created the mess that we're in right now. So the writer in asking for prayer wants them to be clear on this. This isn't our fault. Again, best we can tell. Now, why is that important? All right, it's important for this reason. Maybe not real exciting tonight, but it'll get better here in a few minutes, okay? It's important for this reason. Every one of us are going to have needs at some point in our lives, right? Yeah, you go, oh, crud, here we go again, that whole trouble thing. No, no, no. We're all going to have needs sometimes. I'm going to have them. You're going to have them. It may not be financial. You may be so set financially that you'll never have a financial need in your life. But every one of us is going to have a need. We'll have a, fi uh, a physical need, an emotional need, a marital need, a children's need. Uh, whatever it may be, we're going to have a need, right? Right. Amen. We're going to have needs for friends, family. It just the, the list could be endless. We're going to fill these needs. All right. So what are we going to do? What are, what are we kind of prone to do? We're kind of prone to sometimes, are we not, to ask people to pray on our behalf. Which is what we're supposed to do to an extent. Would you please pray for me in relation to this? This is going to be happening. Would you please pray about this? Now listen, there's nothing wrong with you and I asking people to pray for us about whatever the need may be. But I think sometimes it would be helpful 
if we were willing to consider the context of what got us into the need that we are now presenting to other people, asking them to pray for. I'll let you think about that for just a moment. Sometimes we need to think before we present a need to someone else that we are asking them to pray for, we need to think about the context as to what has created the need, what has brought about the need, and then we need to ask ourselves at that point, it would be appropriate at that point, to say, is it really something that deserves to be prayed for, or am I just trying to get people to pray me out of the bind I found myself in, or the people that I like and care about, and the bind they have found themselves in? I I know this may not be real exciting, but I'm just telling you, sometimes when you listen to what people want you to pray for them about, or what we sometimes, if we're not careful, ask other people to pray for, if we'd just be honest, we'd say this, I probably ought to just keep my mouth shut. You know, would you pray for me about this? Okay, okay. If I'm going to ask it, I need to be able to say, uh, listen, I trust that I, with a good conscience, have done all things desiring to live honestly and upright before people. I'm asking you to pray for me about a situation that I did not get myself into. I'll illustrate it because it might be necessary. Let's just suppose... Let's just suppose, because it's not impossible, let's suppose that Susie and I fall into a hard spot in our marriage. And she's just being one rebellious Jezebel. Look up, babe, so they all know I'm talking about you. That's right. That's, that's, that's her. She is a problem. She is an issue. Now, if I come to you and I say, please pray, Susie and I are struggling right now, you would have the right to say to me, okay, now, what's, the, what's going on? Right? right? See, if you said to me, what's going on, you know what you're asking for? You're asking for context. How, how did you get into this situation? Well, I'm telling you, you know, I mean, she's just hit a rebellious streak. She's just hit a, boy, I don't know what's going on. Man, she's just all of a sudden, she is obstinate. She's having a hard time, and, and I don't know what she's struggling with. Man, would you just pray with us that Susie will get victory over her rebellion? Now, if I could say that to you with a clear conscience, that would be something appropriate for me to bring to you asking you to pray about. But suppose I came to you and I said to you, okay, listen, Susie and I are having a hard time. And you said, what's going on, man? I said, well, you know, she's just having a hard time submitting. And you said to me, uh, well, Kyle, what, what, what's going on? I said, well, you know, I mean, yeah, I do this, and sure, I do this sometimes, and yeah, sometimes this happens, and, and I know I'm not perfect, but... And the more you talk, you find out I'm as much a part of the problem as she ever thought about being. Then me asking you to pray for her really isn't a valid request to bring to you. 
But sometimes we don't think about it like that when we start asking people to pray for us and the concerns and the burdens we carry. And so we have things like this. We'll pray for so-and-so in their health. I'm asking you to, to pray for this person with their health. Okay, if I brought that to you, you'd say, well, what's, what's wrong? What's going on? Well, it's this, 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 and this. Okay, if it's legit, then you can pray for me. And if it's not legitimate, you know what you need to do? You need to understand the context and say, I, I might pray for the situation, but in a completely different way than what you want me to. See, it's important that we have a clear conscience. That we be able to say like the writer, hey, listen, I trust and I believe and, and with everything within me, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but with a good conscience, I'm able to say that in all areas of life, I have tried to do what is right. I have tried to live honestly. I've tried to be what I'm supposed to be. It's important that we have that kind of a conscience so that whenever we need someone to pray for us, the context lets them know that what we're asking prayer for is legitimate and valid. Again, I, I'm just saying, and, and, and I don't, I, I'm not trying to make things awkward or uncomfortable for, for anyone because it's just not what I'm trying to accomplish. But over 17 years of ministry and things like that, sometimes you do hear people ask prayer for things. And if we're honest, you're, you're scratching your head saying, How can I pray for that? It just, it doesn't jive. It'd be like the guy in financial need coming to the church smoking his cigarettes with his cell phone and saying, hey, pay, buy my groceries. Well, well, hold on. We need to understand the context of this. I'm just saying it is important that we have a clear conscience so that when we do find ourselves in some kind of a need, we can say, listen, before God, I've done everything I know to do to try to live right, to live like I'm supposed to. Now, would you pray for this? Again, kind of the exception would be, hey, listen, I know I fouled up. I know I've messed up. I know I've made mistakes, but I'm trying to make things right now. That's completely different. But so many times we just want the problems to go away and we don't want to think about the conscience that has to be associated with it. So when we ask people to pray, when we want people to lift us up before the Father, we need to be able to say, listen, before God I think I can say I'm doing everything I know to do in the matter. And if not... We might just want to keep our mouths shut until we address those situations with the problems that have got us there and then move forward past that. Let's all stand tonight and bow our heads. Fathers, I come to you this evening. I pray that you'd bless the effort to preach your word, to try to present a thought that may be hard to hear, may be hard to accept to an extent. I don't know, but Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be very careful that before we would try to burden someone else with what's going on in our lives, that we would be willing to do some inventory in our own personal lives and ask how much of this we're responsible for. 
And Lord, if the conscience is clear, Lord, if we can truly say that in this situation we've not done anything to bring this upon us, then I pray you'd help us to see the, the need to present and to ask people to pray for us. But Lord, if that's not so, I pray that you'd help us to see the spiritual need more than anything else. I pray that you'd bless the, uh, the uh, invitation, and Lord, that people would respond however you see fit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As Lauren